Good afternoon. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and local media this week. The show where we have a look at the local print media, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo in this case, and we chat about what's in the papers this week and um, what's worth talking about. So I'm delighted to welcome, we have a full panel here today. Uh, first of all, John S. Kelly. John, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Jim. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome. Thanks, Jim. And David David Fleming. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, Jim. So we'll have a look at uh, some of the areas, I suppose, that you know affect County Clare in general in the first half of the show. And I suppose, since we haven't talked about Shannon Airport since maybe last week's programme. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have a look at it, but there's good news for Shannon anyway. With um, You can now go, Pat, to Paris. Uh, you will be able to go to Paris from and, September. And, and, and take Maraid with them. Yeah. Yes, at a reasonable cost. <laughs> at low cost. Yes. Yeah, we, we might wait until the, in the springtime. Uh, springtime spring. in Paris. <laughs> yes. Very nice. <laughs> Very yeah. romantic of you, Pat. <laughs> well, anyway, Vueling, uh, Spanish yeah. airline. Yeah, but, um, I see on the Shannon News uh, on page 11 of the Echo, Paul Ralph McMahon has the story. Uh, Low-cost Spanish airline, Vueling Airlines, has announced the service to Paris from Shannon Airport. Starting on September 12th, the Shannon Paris service will operate twice weekly with flights to Paris only airport on Mondays and Fridays. In what is seen as a huge coup for Shannon, giving access to major European hubs. All the airport, the nearest airport, the centre yeah. of Paris, hmm. just 13 kilometres from, from the city of Leeds. It is the second largest airport in France and provides hub connectivity with onward connections to major European cities and Middle Eastern countries. Hmm. So that's, a, that's good, good. a good news story. Yeah, yeah. John, you have flown to with Ryanair to Beauvais when Beauvais, they had the yeah. service. Absolutely, a number of occasions. But that's a bit further out. It's about an hour out fr uh, from the city itself, about an hour, that's my recollection. Yes, yeah. so this will be more um, central. Central, yeah. That, mm. And of course, I think were you saying, David, Orly is a hub? Yes, Orly is a hub. Um, seemingly 200, uh, 200 flights operate from the two, 200 destinations, I suppose, you can get. So it's, it provides that connectivity that Shannon was looking for. I bet you, do you know what? I bet you we'll have stag parties now going out there. To, to Paris. Paris as a result of this. And well, that because they can't go to an assignment, is that it? Yeah, they go to the hinge. The well, hinge. well, we might come up with that again because maybe we'll have stag parties coming from Paris. Yeah. Because Le Hinch is now on the map again yeah. for stag yeah. parties. But I'll tell you, it will probably... Only for the women. It, 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 for, this, for East Clare, it's a very good thing because we know that a lot of French people, mostly men, come over for the fishing yeah. in Loch and they probably fly into Dublin. Now, I'd say this might give them an opportunity to fly directly into Shannon, mm. depending on where they live in France. Yeah. And of course, Ryanair, I think, Jim, you were saying Ryanair fly from Marseille to Shannon. Is they that do, right? yes. So mm. the French are fairly well covered yeah. if they want to come to this part of the, so of the you, island. You'll keep an eye on it because I'm sure Kerry would love a weekend. It sounds, it sounds as, um, John, as if you're getting maybe five euro per every flight sold, <laughs> <laughs> plus partner. <laughs> I, I, I see today, Jim, uh, in, on the, uh, I think it's on my phone, is it? Uh, 
around 30 euros. 30 right? euros? Yeah. God, you wouldn't get a wouldn't return be. ticket to Dublin. You wouldn't, no, no. On the train for you it. Wouldn't, no, but no. You, you'd ha you yeah. have to pay extra for your bag and maybe would, yeah, but extra so. to go to the toilet and so, yeah. maybe you bring your own fuel for the plane, yeah, maybe. So if it's 50 <laughs> and even 60 or 70, you wouldn't make it. It's cheap enough. But I think, is Minister Ryan having a rethink? Yeah, well, there's a story here on, I say this, own. Own, um, own Ryan has it in the Shannon, the Shannon page on the Champion uh, Gym on page 15. Uh, Minister of Mitty Aviation Policy needs adjustment. Yeah, and he, he's, he's here now realising that, hasn't he? Yes. Well, maybe he has been listening to, uh, you know, <laughs> local, yeah, local media this week. Mm. Transport Minister Raymond Ryan told the door last week that the country's new aviation policy will look at rebalancing traffic, which will become heavily con concentrated on Dublin at the expense of other airports, including Shannon. Responding to Limerick TD, Richard O'Donoghue, he acknowledged that the attempts had been made to get Shannon's staff to help alleviate the crisis in Dublin, but that, is important. It, it, that, but that it, it was important that passengers be brought in the opposite direction. Also, what's happened to Dublin Airport in the past few weeks, and, and last Sunday in particular, we looked to, to see if we could bring people up from Shannon Airport to help the immediate crisis, but that was not possible. We need to look the other way and see could we bring people down. Why no, uh, no. At that point, no, it's a serious question. A public figure uh, making uh, what is a fairly ridiculous statement that you take uh, workers from Shannon in order to help Dublin Airport to overcome what is overall anyway a very unfair aviation system, in yeah. aviation mm. policy, mm. isn't that right? Yeah. Well, now, if I was stuck in a queue in Dublin, I'd welcome any help from anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Wherever they come from. If it's an emergency situation, which it probably was, I, I wouldn't... Well, Pat, first of all, they wanted the water from the Shannon. Now they wanted the, <laughs> the, air, the security yeah. personnel from Shannon Airport. Yeah, but don't the, Clare, don't the Shannon people and the Clare people want, want the planes and the passengers in Clare? Yeah, to bring them down. So maybe Dublin will say, you can have the water and uh, we'll hold on to the planes. Uh, anyway, yeah. we'll move on from there. Uh, and I mean, talking about a landing and maybe a soft landing, Mattresses, John. <laughs> you have I, that thing I never about thought, mattresses. You know, the funny thing about it, when I, when I opened the paper and saw a major article on mattress disposal, okay, I think, yeah, I never, I never thought about that. It's on the Clare Echo on page 15. 15. I remember burning, uh, when you were allowed to do that, burning a, a mattress once <laughs> and being left with, with a skeleton <laughs> Of, of iron steel. steel, okay. The springs. springs. The springs. Now, this article here tells us that uh, it takes over a hundred years, is that right? Yeah. For a mattress yeah. to be, what's the word? Recycled or decomposed. Decomposed. A yeah. hundred. Yeah. hundred years, yeah. So I think we better look at our mattresses. Well, the article is encouraging people to, to, uh, to recycle. And wh exactly what, uh, David, mm. Does Michael Joe, who wants to, disc to you know, get rid of a, an old single mattress up in the back bedroom, <laughs> what does he actually do now? He throws it out behind the barn. Come on now, that's not... Uh, <laughs> well, they, that's they, where I discovered the mattress. Now, anyway, uh, what, you, what you do, it costs around €180 Euro for each mattress to be disposed of in what is called bounce-back recycling. Bounce-back recycling. Bounce-back recycling, which is the initiative 
which is trying to divert the 370,000 kilograms of waste annually. That's a lot of waste. A lot of waste. Um, uh, produced by mattresses. So, so it's paid for service. Um, it's, uh, it will, what does it say here? It's a loss of around 2.7 million to the local economy. And it said, instead, we could actually be putting money back into the circular economy and creating green jobs by using the materials we produce by recycling mattresses. So they're going to extract all that metal that you yeah. said was left over yeah. and any of the other materials um, that, they, that they can. So um, it says, to date, this bounce back recycling, which I think is the name of the company, Pat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, in Galway, yeah. In Galway, Galway it has yeah. helped customers divert over 70,000 old mattresses away from local civic community sites this is the equivalent to roughly 1.75 million kilograms of landfill waste. Coincidentally, if you want a new mattress, look at page five of the Clear Echo and you'll and get, you get various get selections there. there. But if you do, um, maybe we should have a system. You know the way if you buy an electrical good, they new television, back, yeah. you, you can bring it back for... Now, it's built into the cost of that it new item. 25 years. That's right, but you bring it back. Maybe, the, maybe for the company selling mattresses that you could bring it back to the company and the company then uses this facility to recycle. I think just looking at the 180 euro, is that yeah. to be disposed of in landfill? It is. Yes, sorry, yeah. it is. Yeah. Yes. So, so in landfill. It doesn't give any indication of how much BB or bounce back recycling would charges. charge for a, for a mattress. Yeah. 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 Well, I suppose it? we'd have to look them up. I don't think they have that much now, but I, I think there was, was there a, uh, was there a fee of 20 euros or 30 euros or something like that. Mm -hmm. I have their one yeah. there as a while back. There's, yeah, a, there's a photograph there of, uh, at the bottom of page 15, and it says that approximately 15,000 mattresses in Clare go to landfill or incineration. Well, and we're going to run out. Number one, we're going to run out of landfill space. That's a fact. Hmm. And that's referred to as well. The second point is that if you're going to dispose of a mattress like you did... Uh, no, John, you said you were the one who burnt it. Oh, I, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to... You, you, you were more recent in, in your um, the violation of the regulation. No, no, I, I didn't say it on air. <laughs> I said I found a mattress. Well, now, did you search the mattress... For, for some money that people... Absolutely, because... You have to uh, accept that with so many mattresses being... What, how many did you say? 15,000 mattresses in clear I, go I to landfill. You, I bet you there's some guy or girl who's tasked with the job of going through, it. Of going through those. Hmm. Hmm? Yeah. Some of those mattresses there in that photograph look quite acceptable. They, 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 yeah. they don't look like they should be thrown out at all. We often sleep and walk. Anyway, listen, going back to, um, we were talking, mentioned it briefly there, but the hen parties are allowed, Pat, back in Lahinch again. Yeah, well, uh, last week we, we, we were reading about in, in the paper about the about the hen parties being, um, or the stag parties um, being banned in, in the hen show, but the, 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 the publicans in the hen part of it has a story here, hen parties still welcome. Yeah. Roy McMahon has a story here on page uh, four of the echo. Hen parties remain welcome in the hen local publicans have stressed, while attacks have been reached among the three local publicans to refuse to stag parties in, the, in light of the recent incidents. Business and the Hinch have stressed that the door remains open to the Hinch parties, or maybe on tour of North West Clare. 
What page is that on? It's on page four of the Echo, John. Is that legal, I wonder now, to allow hen parties and not allow stag parties? Yeah. I'd say that a bit, certainly. It's discrimination anyway. Now listen, if you're... Uh, if you're misbehaving in the premises, you're entitled to be put out and, and, and bailed. Did you yeah, but this is... I did, yeah. I did. Pat, I dared people, yeah. I did. Pat, they're not even allowing me to come onto the premises. They're <laughs> saying to the hinge, you're not welcome to come to the hinge. Don't even dream of it. But listen, Pat, in these modern times, let's say there were two young fellas part of the hen party. Yeah. You know, that defeats the purpose. The, the, the contradiction. Um, let's say it was a joint hen and stag party, which sometimes can occur. Is that right? It can, um, sometimes, rarely, but it can. <laughs> <laughs> now, if, I, if we were being clever about it, uh, they wouldn't advertise uh, uh, themselves as a, as a stag, would they? Yeah. they wouldn't know. Well, now, don't forget now, it's only three publicans that have a problem. The rest of the publicans in the hinge had a, 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 con a kind of a, a gathering during the week, yeah. and they said, we want the hen parties. But not the stag parties. By, by omission, I suppose you could assume mm. that would be a fair deduction. Yeah. Anyway. There's a, there's, a few, there's a few lovely looking ladies there with, with glasses and, uh, and, and, and masks and, and uh, you wouldn't mind them coming into your pub. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, listen, we leave that. Um, Are stag, seriously though, would, would stag parties be a, a profitable uh, engagement for uh, a village. They would if they conducted themselves. <laughs> and they drank enough. And drank enough and they conducted themselves. But, but that's the, the problem. problem. If you they drink enough, you might not be conducting might. yourself. They don't conduct themselves yeah. at a hard time. No. no. Okay, we'll go on to Timmy Dooley. And Timmy is to be congratulated, <laughs> David. Well, seemingly he's got something to do with Aldi. Um, now, this is not the Aldi... Of retail. Of retail fame. Yeah. Yeah. This is A-L-D-E... Uh, which is the which is a European Union party, the Alliance of Liberals and Democrats for Europe. For Europe, is it a new party, is it? No, it's not. Uh, no, no, it's it's been there for a little while. Uh, he's been named co-president. Yeah. So there's obviously a few co-presidents, um, and uh, the annual congress in Dublin, the Mount Shannon yeah. native, was elected as co-president of the group of liberal European political parties. Um, so uh, you will remember, of course, that Dooley was invited out to the Ukraine to see what was going on there as a member of that particular European party. Yeah. So he's, does that suggest that he might have ambitions for Europe? For, yeah, yeah. The European elections? Oh, well, I, I would say Timmy is capable of rising to the ambitious level. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly. Oh, yes, absolutely. And wouldn't be, would be well able to, well able. to do yeah. any... Yeah, European yeah, job that the, the Congress, that he the, might get. The, co the Congress was held in Dublin last weekend. So, it was. So um, they're saying here, calling for who was that? Who was that? That Congress. That that's the LD Congress. That's the LD Congress. Yeah, the party yeah. where he got elected. Yeah. Now, but um, do you think um, was there any hotel spaces, or did he have to bring his caravan up and <laughs> park park up outside the Congress? Or I know it, it says here on the bottom of the of the article anyway that. Uh, um, the, the local economy benefited by 3.5 million by having the... I the, couldn't follow that. The, the was it the hotel the, rooms and things? It's because the yeah. hotels are charging so much money that's producing the 3.5 yeah. million. Or were, were they drinking very expensive wines, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I, Charlie, I, Char, Charlie was heavy into quality wine when yeah, we were yeah. president of the 
Uh, well, you had to make the right impression for the French. And PJ Day, a man from Tungreni, was the provider of the food for the duration of a major conference in Dublin of European leaders, okay? and uh, PJ Daly, oh, yes. over the road from you. The PJ, green door, was it? The grey door. The grey yeah. door. The grey door. Mm. I know. And mm. the dining room, it was a private dining room upstairs, and there was a regular, expensive too, a regular dining room downstairs. And the one upstairs um, was booked by Charlie straight through, I think, for about two weeks to cover the, you know, the necessary hospitality that would be provided as part of your job as president of the, uh, do you know? The, the EU at the, or yeah, the, at the yeah. EC at the time. No. So Charlie, Charlie, PJ, I know PJ. I know PJ PJ is a past pupil of yours. He is indeed, yeah. And, um, and PJ, no better man to provide the selection of wines that would be hugely appreciated by the president of France and mm. the prime minister of mm. you know, the European Palace. Palace. Yeah. Absolutely, the European Palace, absolutely. So um, these conferences, uh, we shouldn't ignore them, Pat. You know, mm. they do contribute. Mm. You have to work through the heap to, uh, to find out how they do. But yeah, yeah. Oh, they do. They do. So According to Senator Dooley, it was he who secured it uh, yeah. for Ireland. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Fifty years ago, of course, they have one good setting point. We have one good setting point. It's Fifty years since Ireland joined the European Economic Community. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's very, it's not being marked in any great sense, which I don't know why it isn't. Well, there are so many and other issues, I suppose. Nihal Nelson was in the, in the he gave he a was. speech in the, he was in the European Parliament. And it was celebrating how yeah. it was 50 years. Yeah. In, in okay, we'll go on to health issues because there are a number of items, John, oh. you were highlighting oh. there before we came on air. I'm looking at two in, the, in both the Champion and the Clare Echo. And lads, I shiver at them. Do you know anybody who suffers from diabetes? Around the table, no. Well, there's a lot of people. A lot of people uh, there suffer from. We don't. You we, could be waiting up. Listen to this now. According to, um, who was it? Uh, according to Dan Danaher, you could be waiting up to seven years. All right, seven years now. For, for to be seen, is it? To be, to be seen. That's that. Those figures have been have been provided by uh, uh, the UN. Uh, you can reflect on that one. But on the another page in the Clare Echo, uh, page six, Parik McMahon has one on the same theme, not the same illness, but the same theme. Forty-five teenagers waiting on mental health assessment. I'd say everybody who likes to read should get the actual clear echo. It's not going to cost you a penny. And read this article. 45 teenagers waiting on mental health assessment. Lads, we have witnessed the need for mental health provision for all peoples, but particularly for the young, young, young people. Yeah. Young. Mm. And here we're met with this. How do you solve it, John? B both issues. We have to they're admit, related. We have to admit that we do not have a sufficiency of professionals in certain uh, um, positions. Yeah. Here. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We know the health yeah. is there. Um, but is, is, is the willingness there to employ them? 
I think it's at different levels, David. Uh, I feel that the quality of life in a community can be hugely positive for people or negative. I will say the governments have been an eye to that and have begun to make monies available in significant amounts mm. to enhance certain, if you like, uh, social activities in our villages across the country. Would that be a fair comment? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So one has to look at that. On the other hand then, when the need arrives, arises, you go to your GP and the GP wants to refer you and that's where we start reading about waiting lists. Wait, waiting lists. It now, if I, was, if, I was a, if I was a private uh, insurer, if I had private insurance, yeah. would I be waiting that long? I think you would be uh, seen much, yeah. much earlier. And is that fair? It's not. But this isn't something new. I mean, back when I was teaching, you know, there were children who had to wait, not necessarily mental health yeah. issues now, yeah. but learning issues and, and yes. um, people had to wait uh, for years at some stages mm. uh, in order to get on to get to see somebody. So it's not new. And the idea that, yeah. you know, why is, and you asked the question, is it that we're not willing to employ them or is it that they're not available to be employed or are they leaving the country you know people those kind of professional people but jim why are we why are we willing to tolerate it for years upon years upon years decades now why is i think we don't are we see, willing to tolerate that's it? the service which which people like dan and Dan Danaher in the Champion and Park McMahon in the Clare Echo. That's one of the great services investigative journalism provides. Mm, mm, mm. It, wouldn't that be a fair Oh, it, it highlights the issue. Yeah, it highlights and the issue. When and we, when, when people get around to writing the history of it, they'll be using these sources. But what they'll be seeing mm. is year after year after year, ignored, journalists, ignored. RTE, yeah. TDs in the doll, they're all raising it. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about it. Stormtrooper care, etc., etc., and there's multiple plans, multiple reports. Little bits get chipped away mm. at, but the big, big problem of mm. waiting lists. Four of these miners, it says, have been between nine months and a year waiting for an appointment. Now, can you imagine someone with mm. mental health issues mm. having to sit and wait for a year before their, you know, and their families I and Jim, the, Jim, the, I the, the hassle and the. I give it. I give a hint. I remember facing. I remember facing this kind of question, uh, you know, on occasions, in, in, in the college, as in you'd expect, you know, um, and uh, I learned one thing. Take it into your own hand. There is a reference. There is a reference number available to every citizen, and in a school's case. The reference number is there. You, you get by uh, speaking to the health service, and all you've got to do is to explain why you're actually contacting them, and your answer will be because you are deeply concerned about the personal safety of the individual, and you'll have a response done quick. It, we had a Veronica Gearn situation here in East Clare many years ago, as Jim well knows, okay? The service 
the support services after that horrible incident, okay, the support services were offered to us. Mm. This must never happen again. Mm. And I used it. I, I can sit here and truthfully say I had used it after that particular incident we're talking about, Jim. I had uh, used it on a number of occasions with great success. I was telling lies. I wasn't quite um, sure that the, the young person was in danger, mm. but I knew the young t- person was deeply distressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? Mm. But we shouldn't have to go to those extremes, should no, we? No, but, but we do, you know, come well yeah. from all. There's also a piece about Shannon Dock in, in the papers this week. Uh, that on page six of the Clare Echo, Shannon Dock yeah. is not palatable, which I suppose is, is a What's link wrong? to that. What, what is wrong with that? Well, I think the issue is, is that they only have a certain number of, se- of centres. Um, they're located in Enishannon, Milltown, Malbury and Kilrush. The Kilrush Centre only operates from 9am to 7pm on weekends and public holidays, remaining shut from Monday to Thursday. And so the count, I think it's the councillors, Councillor Killian Murphy and other councillors, make the point, well, what are, what are they supposed to do outside of that time? Which is the time you'd be most near. Yeah, and right. they're being told, well, you'll have to go to Limerick or Nina. Now, if you're living in West Clare and you're being told to go to yeah. Nina, yeah. that's a serious problem. Because you only contact these people if there's a serious issue yes. out of ours. Yeah. And that's to reduce, I mean, this is the irony of it all. We have these Shannon Dock facilities to reduce the pressure, supposedly, uh, on yeah. accident and emergencies. Yes, yes. But if the service isn't there, of course it's going to pile into... To accident and yeah. emergencies. Yeah. Are we talking money again? I like don't know. I think, it, I think it's staff. I think it's staff and, and the yeah. ability to get doctors to be part of the service. Yeah. Well, that's kind of related to, to, I think, two things. Money, not necessarily the first one. Mm. And the second one, the internecine strife that young junior doctors are exposed to when they, they get into the practical system. Mm. I mean, I hear it all the time. Mm. Yeah. Huh? Mm. Do you hear it yourself? Yeah. Yes. Well, it's then. I mean, if it is staff, yeah, I, and if they're not being paid, why are so many doctors, let's say, going abroad? That's why they're going to Australia. You know, papers frequently report uh, yeah. from Irish doctor. This year's class yeah. well, in UCD. Mm. Do you remember there was a couple of years ago uh, they were trying to get a doctor open fetal and uh, yeah. a regular doctor and they failed. And it still failed, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Okay, we'll go on to another problem which the, I see on page 10 of the Clare Echo and that's it, the headline is an alarming 105% increase in theft and we're talking about thefts from shops. Um, something that I suppose probably costs shops a lot during the year, both in provision of security and in lost income. Yeah, I suppose uh, I'm always a bit cautious about those types of statistics in light of COVID, because COVID, of course, shut down things. And as a result, the the, the figures are kind of now skewed. Mm. Um, But nevertheless, if if it's something that, that is being highlighted, burglaries, have, have, have also seen a big spike from 29th of January to April 2021, from 29 to 55 for the equivalent time of year. Now, 2021, that was, we were in lockdown in that period. Yeah. 2021 figures were quite low in volume in years 
preceding COVID. So the chief superintendent of the guards states that. So it's so it's probably is on the, on the increase. All right. The advice they're giving and 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 they never they never tire of giving this blooming advice. Why do I walk downtown or down the square in Scarf, and half of the cars have goods and things yeah. in the front seat and in the back seat? Yeah, do you know, uh, window um, open. It's 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 the common it's the common problems uh, that we're all we also come to. But there's another piece of advice on page six of the Clare Champion related to this. Advice issued about bogus callers and rogue tradesmen. Again, it's an old story. Um, people are calling around, you've handymen, tradesmen. Of course, it's very hard to get a good tradesman. And so when somebody is calling around saying, listen, I've, I can do a few jobs for you, just give me a call. You know, give but them the road. They give them the road, exactly. <laughs> um, just Certainly if he addresses you as sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Use recommended tradespeople and avoid using the services of cold callers. The basic rule is if you don't know the person at your door, don't let them in. Yeah. I mean, I know what, what I have always done is yeah. if somebody calls offering a service, I mean, I reckon if I needed that service, I'd be out looking for it. Yeah. I'd be looking for it's someone local. <laughs> so if someone arrives yeah. with the service, yeah. uh, I, I would always say no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, very thoughtful of you to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. can, um, the client prevention officer uh, serves in training groups, so just uh, an article here as well about summer burglaries, uh, Jim. Total care burglaries last summer involved unsecured doors and windows. So, That's it. You know, people have doors left open in the summer and, and windows, and uh, home, homeowners, neighbours, and communities can prevent burglaries through good habits, observance, and reporting suspicious behaviour. Crime Prevention Officer, Officer Trina Brooks uh, says, so she's an article there on page 11, um, if any of our okay. listeners wanted to. Pat, do you, have, do, you, do, you have, do you leave your front door open when you're in the, in the house and when you're around the garden? It's open sometimes, and the, the dog might want to go in and out and <laughs> leave the door open early in the morning if we play him out and he come well, back in and say. I, I guess now that you're going to see a graph, an upward swing of house thefts, mm. chance ones, you know, as yeah. people find the house a bit too warm, the temperature rises, yeah, yeah, they leave the front warm. door open, mm -hmm. it only takes 30 seconds to get away with a few bits of whatever. Yeah, Pat, Pat's dog might have a say in that <laughs> as well. Listen, the side door, you put it in the side door and you might just close it and you might, you might forget to lock it. It, is, it should happen to you as well, you know. We've so. reached half time. Pat, have you any um, have suggestion <laughs> which we might uh, relax and listen to a bit of music? Well, uh, um, the media this week, we, as we, we, we talk regularly about Shannon and about flying, so we'll have a, we'll have a flying um, song, Jim. Okay. So we'll have Frank Sinatra, come fly with me. Lovely. Very oh. We can relax and uh, get ready for part two of the show. Yeah. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Fly with me, let's fly, let's fly. Pack up, let's fly away. Pack a small bag. You're very welcome back to local media this week here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. 
And that was uh, Come Fly With Me, Frank Sinatra. Beautiful tune. Now, uh, Pat, you were at the match last Sunday. <coughs> I was And uh, you have a photograph there of, uh, on the page two of the Clare Echo, which says, Caught Your Fancy. Oh. Yeah, there's an only photograph here in page two of the, of the Echo with uh, two babies. One, one was a Limerick jersey and the other was a Clare jersey. And uh, the Clare fellow seems to be saying, saying um, having a chat with the other fellow, but the other fellow seems to be that, not responding. <laughs> <laughs> the Clare <laughs> baby looks quite like a biggish baby compared to the Limerick baby. <laughs> But uh, they seem to be having a chat and you're ready to pay for the county as the hidden and the... So there's a lovely, lovely photograph. But you're, 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 not, you're not too despondent that... Yeah, I was at the match, you know, it was a fabulous occasion. Like, uh, the jump atmosphere was, was fantastic in it. And uh, Claire came up shop to say they might just maybe had the, had the better songs to finish, out, finish it out, you know. Okay. So, I suppose there might, there might be another day. Yes, and it's, it's well covered in, in well covered. all the papers. Yeah, in all the papers, yeah. yeah. Um, brilliant Bannon brings champions to the brink, come to one brilliant as it happened. Um, and and, uh, and then if Carlsberg did games accordingly, they do this, uh, John Miller Hartley had, had a... Uh, I don't had understand a, that headline at all. <laughs> what does that read read mean? Like, I know the Carlsberg, Carlsberg ad, but yeah. what does that actually Probably. mean? Probably. So we didn't word. win, but probably, is it? Yeah, I don't still fully get it, but anyway. We'll I'm, leave that to the readers to figure there's, out. There's some fabulous photographs uh, uh, by John Kelly. Not what me. Yeah. Uh, no, by John in the Clare Champion. And yeah. I mean, John is a fantastic photographer. And and one day I was Tony Kelly and turned them away after he put them all over the bath in the sideline cut. Yes, but I'm um, looking at a lot of Limerick. A can or a bottle or something fired at him as well at the same what? time. Pardon? There was actually a can or a bottle or something fired at him at the time he was taken to the line board. But I'm looking at a lot of Limerick supporters in the background, and they're they're not celebrating. No, no, no. not yet. To know, no, no. Yeah. I'll tell you. Last week, um, I was actually watching the, the Queen's Jubilee and the the trooping of the colour in Horse Guards Parade. Not there now, David, but I was looking at <laughs> the TV. But Marguerite said to me, that sounds very like Spencer Hill. Yeah. And then she said, it is Spencer <laughs> it Hill. Is. <laughs> but I see it's covered it's, on, the, on the Clare Echo. It's covered in the Clare Echo. I don't know, because is the Queen is a horsey person and knows the fare of Spencer Hill, or her family might have bought plenty of horse there. It's, that's not the reason anyway. But Porig noticed it on page two, and there's a picture of yeah. uh, the Queen. Um, and uh, Spencer Hill and the Cliffs of Dunene were were played by by the um, by the British Army Band, um, but it's the Clare Champion who kind of potentially explains why. And there's a picture on page three. Uh, Owen Ryan has the has the story. Uh, Clare man's pride at being part of Queen's Platinum Jubilee, and it's Michael Pine who comes from, where does it say he comes from? He comes from West Liscanor. Liscanor. And he only recently joined the Horse Guards, uh, the Irish Guards, the Italian of, of Irish Guards, and they were there trooping the colour. And it says here anyway, he had let the bandmaster, the Coldstream Guards, know that Spansel Hill was a popular Clare tune. And the band obliged, while they also played the Cliffs of Dunin in his honour. So it wasn't in honour of anybody, uh, the Queen anyway, it was in honour of the Clareman seemingly. But uh, you know, it's sort of a popular tune. And I suppose it's the Irish Guards. It's the Irish Guards, which have been there since 19, 1900. 
But, like, do you think... Jim, you were watching it now. I didn't watch it. But there, there is an awful lot of Irish interest in, in um, the royal family. And, and oh, there the, is. A, there's a huge yeah. amount of interest yeah. in the royal yeah. family. Okay. Why is that, lads? Do you think? I suppose uh, women mainly. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to enable what to do. So you've no interest, Pat, is what you're saying. <laughs> My wife would be looking at it now while I've been watching yeah. it. We let your wife speak for herself in issues like this. Uh, she, she, he'll have to bring her at least twice now to Paris. <laughs> he will to make up for that. But Jim, why, why would you say now? Why were you watching it? I would be, having been to Horse Guards Parade a few times, oh. and uh, I would have a general interest in the let's say, the royal family and how that interacts with the government in yeah. Britain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's a lot of smoke, I suppose, and a lot of mm-hmm. huffing and puffing about it. But I find that interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, the whole... Well, it's the, the, the history of it as well. The ceremonial and the colour and the pageantry. I Nobody thought, does it I like them. Boris and all the huffing and puffing. The which? I thought Boris and all the huffing and puffing. Well, he did a fair bit during the week now, but he survived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He survived. He did. But he it did. is, it is. I mean, in the same way that people watch soap operas and yeah, it's and celebrity, Harry. isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is celebrity, and it's real life soap opera. Especially when Harry, Harry and Meghan come over, it really becomes an EastEnders. Mm. Yeah, and fashion. I suppose there are a number of you know controversial aspects to there the family are. as yeah. well, particularly over the last year yeah. or two. So people but are uh, interested. Quite, in quite a lot of English people now that I I know would re- have had refused to watch it, and really? they, they they see it almost as a bit of an embarrassment now. Obviously, only talking about a particular set of British people um, who dislike the monarchy, and there, I, some people are saying that once this current monarch shuffles off, the mortal coil. Yes, that it that attitudes might change significantly. But sure, we'll have to wait and see. And that's all part of the soap opera. It has huge tourism potential. Massive, massive, massive. For that alone, it's well worth keeping. Okay. Just, just Jim here, uh, among the eagle-eyed viewers to recognise the tune of Spencer Fielder, player photographer John Kelly, who quipped that he was expected to hear the late Robbie McMahon during celebrations, <laughs> <laughs> while hurling supporters noted that it was a fishing for, from the Munster final weekend. Yes, good stuff. Okay, a piece on the papers there about the Quinn mast, a uh, 20-metre mast that uh, had planning permission had been sought, in the village of uh, Quinn, page nine of the Clare Champion, but um, it appears, Pat, that planning permission has been refused. Yeah, heritage, heritage wins in Quinn as mast is refused. Visual impact on the village cited in rejection of appeal. Fiona McGarry has the story there on page nine. Uh, the architectural significance of Quinn has been safeguarded by the Planning Appeals Board, which has rejected attempts to erect a mast over 20 metres in height in the village. The decision of important in order to reduce permission to a to vintage towers for a telecommunications tower at Quinville South has copper fastened a refusal last year by Clare County Council. And then an inspector from the board recommended the rejection of the appeal and this has this was backed by the executive of Unbarton in order. Mm. Yeah. So I suppose John as a historian, you, seeing you, a twenty metre mast in oh, the village of Quinn with the, with its a uh, dagger to the heart. Yes. I mean, Quinn must be one of the few villages that remains relatively undisturbed by the developments of the past mm. 50 years. Okay, uh, Anything extraneous 
like a mast, has no, in my mind, no place within a eye shot of the abbey. Of the abbey. Of the abbey yeah. itself. Uh, that'll be my, my, my feeling about Quinn. A beautiful, beautiful. How would you feel about that, David? Yeah, I'd, f- I'd feel the same way, John. Um, though, though they did admit that there is um, that there was a technical justification. Yeah. I think the phrase is. That's so, right. if you're living in Quinn and you have no reception, you might have a different view. Mm-hmm. Is there a way well, around that? Well, put the mass somewhere else, but keep it out of the village. Is yeah. the solution? Yeah. 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 Okay, we'll go on. Raheen, Raheen Hospital. Uh, is opening a new extension. The headline on page nine of the Clare Champion is tributes to late William as Raheen Hospital continues its, its expansion. And of course, William is the late William MacLeisis who died about a month ago. Um, we all here would have known him and known him very well. But um, it is, I suppose, it's a, it's a great legacy of William's um, that Raheen is continuing to thrive, John. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, anytime we we uh, end up discussing Raheen, I'm thinking self very, very much. <laughs> That's why I say. asked you. I thought there was a. I tell you something. I wouldn't mind. Have you the room booked, John? <laughs> well, the six new ones. Uh, have you wo- have you worked out which uh, of the six you want? Uh, well, I haven't seen them yet. <laughs> You're working <laughs> off the plans at the moment. <laughs> no, they're built, aren't they? And the six. Oh yeah, it's open. Yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Phase two. I mean, they're fabulous. They're fabulous mm. community. Yeah. Mm. The, the what would you call it? What would you call it? A... It's a community hospital, isn't, a, isn't it? Yeah, a community hospital. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, I was talking to somebody um, this morning who spent yesterday in the hospital. Yes. Uh, one of these like day visits, and everything from Pilates to exercises. They got breakfast. They got lunch. Yeah. Um, and fabulous. She, no? you we, know? We, in the first half of the program, Jim, we were giving out about the health service. In this case, there's an example of what they're getting right. Mm-hmm. But it's in fairness now. It is the local contribution over the decades that has brought uh, uh, Raheen to the level it's at. Mm. And there has, and been, there has been huge local contributions. Huge. huge. Fundraising huge. efforts yeah. going back of all yeah. types. Yeah. The, I know the rugby have always yeah. been very supportive. Mm. Well, it says here, Jim, um, I don't know who it is that is speaking about this now, but uh, we have raised three hundred twenty thousand euro for the kitchen works alone. Can you imagine three hundred? This is the next development. They're improving yes. the kitchen facilities, mm-hmm. and great thanks is due to the people of East Clare, which is the point you're making, and also to the J.P. McManus Benevolent Fund, who provided around one hundred twenty thousand euro. Mm-hmm. William MacLeod initiated the connection through golf outings in East Clare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on. Uh, James Tracy is featured in both of the papers. East Clare Scarif photographer James Tracy, who appears to be building a big career for himself in terms of the uh, photography. John, uh, have <laughs> you you have um, a piece there in front of you? I have indeed. It's from the. Um, uh Clare Champion. Champion. Page, Page nine. nine. Page nine. And it's Patrick and Dermot McMahon in their joinery in Cahar and Fiegel. And taking the photograph is Scarf's James Tracy. 
Now, he has... Uh, you know the, the people's Angelus? Do you know that? For the last few years... Yeah, at six o'clock, yeah. At yeah. six o'clock, you know, there has been a, a, a reflective action. It's not the way they, you, you, you might put it. And there's one guy who does the sand sculpture. Absolutely yeah. magic, isn't mm. it? Yes. Okay. Well, there's also a section for, you know, uh, the kind of work that James does. Um, it could be animals, uh, man working in the bog. Mm. Uh, the idea, as far as I can make out, is to create a moment of reflection. You can be a Jew atheist, you can be anything you like, and still reflect. Except there's these loud bells. They needn't be too loud. Which disturbs the distraction. The reflection. Is there anything to beat the sound of a church bell, or any bell, wafting across a bog? Mm. If you stand, if you stand in, the, in the square, in the village, in Bodaik, yeah. and you ring the bell in that, true, in that chapel. True, true. In Cork, John, now we wouldn't have those sorts of sounds at all. John, but in Roscommon and Clare, you might have. Oh, God. John, uh, we were often in the bog, and we, we, we were often <laughs> waiting for the bell to ring. David, you have a, a page of photos over yeah, there. Well, James, James is here, James Tracy here again. Just goes to show you how talented he is, really. Page 18 of the Clare Echo, there's about six photographs there, uh, five, uh, of the Ennis Diamond Show, um, which was held recently. Uh, looks like, looks from the pictures that there was a great bit of display. There are two, there are two cocks there. Um, I don't know, are they dead or alive? They look alive anyway. I don't know, they must have won the best prize for something. There's a, a prize bull as well there's a tug of war yeah. um, and there's prizes all sorts of prizes being given out and a young person on a horse who was after winning a prize so james tracy is after capturing it all and a lady mm. from the ukraine with her, 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 her scones and tats that's she, right she, she's there with a, a cup yeah. okay let we we're we're running out of time rapidly uh pat somebody from your part of the world uh torpies they they um won uh they got an award um, in the last week, an Enterprise it's, Award. It's in, it's I think it's on um, yeah, it's page, page 20 page, of, page the, 20 of the Clare Record. It's on board papers, Jim, there. It's on yeah. the, the champion as well. Uh, Torpy Wood Products Limited, who are, who are supposed, supported by the local Enterprise Office, are winners of this year's National Enterprise Award, Right Stuart Halley. Torpy Wood Products Limited to form the Southwest Award. Torpy Home Manufacturers and a brand uh, and brand retailer Holly's products currently currently produce current products sold by Torpy's include bamboo Holly's, ash Holly's, grapes Holly's bars and apparel. They also <coughs> they also there was also an outstanding achievement when I presented the night individual company called what was called uh, excellent in recent years the world which ADC. Nutritionals Limited from Shannon. So, yeah. so um, well done to, uh, got the, yeah, the to John Torpy and yeah. his family. And, the, yeah. and there's a photograph there of Sean it's, uh, receiving the, the, yes. the, the trophy. Okay. And a man did the you know, John? Pat Quinn. Pat Quinn. Oh, Pat. Well, no, Pat a man of from, bridge. A man of bridge, who is from the Quinn area. And so, uh, himself and uh, and uh, Glynn would be two of the best known bridge players coming out of County Clare at a national level. 
and he has recently earned enough points to qualify as the ultimate, which is a bridge grand master. You, you hear it associated with chess. With chess, that's uh, right. And, and, um, and, and, and Freemasonry. Pardon? And Freemasonry. And Freemasonry as well, is that mm. right? So it's congratulations to, to um, Pat Quinn uh, and his partner, um, but Pat for actually reaching that stage, the highest grade in Britain. Yes, well, and that's at international level as well as at Irish well, well done to him. Well done. Pat, the mayoral awards, uh, I see it on page 22 of the Clare Champion. Yeah, and it's on page 9 of the Echo. Uh, uh, some fabulous photographs there. Yeah, yeah. Outstanding achievements mapped at mayoral reception. Carly has it here on page 9 of the Echo Outstanding achievements of groups and individuals across Clare were recognised in the mayoral reception on Thursday last week, in the reception on Thursday last. In the first countrywide mayoral reception in over two years, Councillor Peter Ryan has been the host of the assembly of the Irish Country and Clare Health Representative. The recipients were Innes, Tiny Towns, Samaritans, Innes, Scarapa Bundler, Kamogi Side, which included accolades for Golden Medal winner in Ocean Racing, Ocean Cahill, and Honourable Member of Ungarda Shakarana, Sean O'Healy, Chairman of the Treasury Hockey's Project, Patsy Neville, and Pritchie's Patrick McGovern. Well, of course, the two East Clare ones would be Scarapa Bundler, Kamogi Team, and Jim. Yes. Uh, led by Moriad Scandon, and uh, Patsy was chairman of the Trevor Development Committee, and uh, he, he got that for, for the development of the yes. Trevor Parkfields. And it's on, it's as so we congratulate all the winners. Yeah, there were seven, seven people involved. Okay. Uh, David, uh, there's a piece there on the paper in relation in the Clare Champion, I think, on page. Um, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it again, but it's uh, in relation to Tom Graney. And yes. uh, the page 13, thanks, Luke, uh, in relation to um, an application for planning which is due for decision soon. Yeah, this is an application which within a few weeks, uh, few, maybe, a maybe a month or two ago, um, from what is called the Christian Community, which is a registered charity which was established. Um, it's a worldwide organization. Uh, established since the First World War, um, but they were asked to provide additional information uh, as part of the planning process, and they've provided all of that, so readers who are interested in that development, no decision has been made, I mean, that's the point, the, the decision is going to come down, I think, next week, but uh, they've provided all the information. It's going to see a, a block of accommodation being provided for older members of that community. So um, it's, it's probably, as it says in the tin, it is a Christian community and mm. they, this communal style of living well, they we'll, want to embrace. Well, we'll watch with interest. Mm. John, yeah, you have just a brief note, uh, notes out of the, the Scarif notes in, in this week's champion. The community council are looking for your support in the catch for clobber collection from Saturday, June the 11th to Monday, June the 13th. And you, everybody is kind of acquainted now with what is involved. Money uh, earned is going to work well, if, in. if anyone goes down walking or relaxing yeah, at the, the Riverside Park, they can see straight away And the second point, Jim, the is goes. children starting school in September are invited to a free fun event in Scarif Library on Wednesday, June 15th at 3pm. And it's a story, it's time and 
dealing with transitions like starting school and the collective painting activity that will be displayed in the library afterwards. So that's next Wednesday in the library and there's tea and lemonade for the, the young children. And finally, Scarf Tidy Towns are running a six-week clean-up challenge. We need your help, they say. We plan to meet every Monday at 7pm from May 23rd until June 27th to do some cleaning, planting and painting. Please come out and join us at the meeting point at the Market Square. Lovely. So okay. there you are. Perfect, John. Thank you very much. Pat, what are we going to um, play out on this weekend? We had uh, Frank Sinatra during the halftime break. Well, Tom Jones was here too in the, in the last week, uh, Jim, so we'll, we'll finish out with the, the green, green glass of home. Okay. Just before we finish, the RNLI have trained in a new volunteer, yeah. uh, Steve Smith. I think that's there on yeah, he's, the, yeah, the he's Clare Champion. And of course, we the lead man in, in, in the in the in the or in the light. Yeah, yeah we, there's we a do. few stories in the paper about how important they are in rescuing Luke. stranded cruisers and so on. Yes, so it's very important. And, oh yeah, it's on page six in the in the Clare Champion. Steve at the helm for Loch Derg. So well done to them and to him, and uh, they give a great service. Anyway, thank you very much to everybody today. Uh, to John S., many thanks, John. You're welcome, Jim. And uh, to Pat, many thanks, Pat. Thanks, Jim. And uh, David, good to see you here again. Pleasure, Jim. So, and uh, so we have um, Tom Jones, Pat's Choice, and the green, green grass of home. Thank you for listening today. We'll see you, with the help of God, next Sunday. Goodbye and God bless. The old hometown looks the same As I step down from the train